Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Important for all of us and, um, and us and our efforts to live for God. But there's two things we've got to think about when we when we uh, come to trying to uh, see our life be fruitful and for us to grow, uh, that is, first of all, I know all of us want to live a life to its fullest. Don't we? We all want to be happy. We want our families to be blessed. We want our families to be healthy. Uh, We want our... uh, well, we want our lives to be blessed in many ways. We want to be able to have a good job, a good home, and, and uh, be comfortable. And um, uh, me and my wife were talking about that the older we get, we like to sit. We know now why older folks sit in nice, comfortable chairs, uh, because we enjoy that, and reading books and whatever. But, um, you know, we just want to be able to live life at its fullest and enjoy life. And really, uh, it also comes down to we want to be able to help others out along the way. Um, There's a lot of people that are in need, and not only are we trying to find our lives blessed, but what it comes down to also, we need to be a servant. The Lord was a servant. We're following his example. So when we consider life, we want to be able to have a blessed life, a full life, and enjoy life. But yet another part of that is, a very important part of that, is uh, to be able to live for God effectively and be fruitful in living for God. I know we all want to live for God uh, with all of our heart. I know that. But I know there's a battle that goes on. So what we're going to talk about here tonight is the law and the flesh. The law and the flesh. So as we talk about life, uh, these are things that are going to help us to be able to live uh, a more blessed life. Um, they t- the two tie together, just life in general and life living for God. So um, I know we want to love God and be pleasing to Him. As there, I mean, all of us do, don't we? We want to please the Lord in our walk with the Lord. Uh, I, I also know that we don't want to walk in shame and guilt every day. We want to be able to to be free and liberty of the Holy Ghost, but there's a battle that goes on that we've got to realize. Uh, and, and we're going to go to the book of Romans, chapter 7, and we're going to look at how Paul realized the battle that was going on, even in the great apostle Paul, that he realized that there is a there's certain laws. Uh, there's the law of uh, the Scripture, of course, God's law. There's also laws that operate in us that fight with us. And that's the law of sin and the law of flesh. Uh, But yet there's also grace and mercy and there is deliverance in the power of God's word. We can find that in the scripture if we obey it. So there are principles in the word of God that we're going to search out here tonight 
that will help us to live for God more effectively. I know that everybody is in a battle of some kind. And there's times it seems to be less of a battle and more victory. Uh, but as we continue to walk in the Lord, we're going to find blessings. But Paul, uh, the great apostle Paul, understood the struggles and also found a very clear understanding of what he was dealing with. That's where we need to be. We need to come to a clear understanding of what we're dealing with and learn how to overcome it so that we can be blessed in our walk with the Lord. I, I do realize also that many uh, live their lives for God uh, feeling beat down. Amen? There's people that live their life a lot of times trying to live for God, but they, they feel like they're just continually beat down and beat down and, and can't be good enough. Sometimes you feel like you're not good enough for God. Uh, you feel like maybe God doesn't even want you in his church or in his presence. That's just a, that's just a word from the, the devil himself. Don't believe those lies. Can I hear a amen? <laughs> Don't believe those lies. Um, a lot of times we, we get to a point where we just feel beat, beat down and walk with God. We feel worthless. We feel miserable. Uh, it is not God's fault concerning those things. There's laws that are working inside of you, and once you get the understanding of what's working inside of you and how to overcome it, you're going to be able to live a more joyous life in God a, a more happy life in God. There is no reason why living for God shouldn't be a joy. Amen? Uh, living for God should be a joy. We should be happy coming to the house of the Lord. We should be happy coming into the presence of the Lord. You know, you know this flesh that we battle, uh, sometimes the flesh doesn't want to come to church. Let's just be real with it. Sometimes the flesh is tired. Sometimes the flesh is wore out. The job has been, been really tough and, uh, or just, just life in general. And, and you get to the point where the flesh just doesn't want to come. But what happens when you say, flesh, you're not going to win this time. I'm coming to church. And you come to church and you come into the house of the Lord and you feel the presence of the Lord. You hear the word of God. It gives you strength and you walk out the door with your head held high and, and, and feeling good in yourself, inside your soul because you came and you gave your heart, uh, the sacrifices in your heart to the Lord and God's spirit blessed you. Am I talking truth tonight? God wants us to understand what we're battling. And it's not a battle that says you are a terrible person. You uh, can't live for God. You uh, don't need me in the presence of the Lord. Or if you do come into the house of God, you don't need to raise your hands because you're not worthy. You don't need to sing out and praises to the Lord because you are not worthy. You're worthless. You're this. You're that. That's the tools of the devil. He's just telling you a bunch of lies. Let me tell you something. If you really want to think about what God's thinking about you, if you are a, a, a good father and a good mother, think about how you feel about your kids. 
When you think about how you feel about your kids, they might make mistakes, they might mess up, they might talk back, they might say, no, I'm not doing that. They might even say, shut up. Those are words that we were told never to say around our home. <laughs> shut up. I feel bad just saying that. <laughs> My mother-in-law was joking with me tonight and said, I'll just shut up. But she was giving a point. She was not telling me to shut up, but I said, oh, I'm going to tell everybody you told me to shut up. No, she was trying to tell me something about, and she's online here, and she's probably uh, listening to what I'm trying to say, but and probably laughing also. But, but um, uh, you know, there's some things that kids say, and, and, and you know, they, they, they should be saying that, but yet, do, does that mean you look at them as worthless? That you beat them down and you just get out of my presence. I don't want you near me. Why don't you go find another home? Get out of this house. Don't ever come back. Do you ever say that? No. And God doesn't either. You know what he does? He, yeah, he might, uh, he might instruct us. He might discipline us. But yet the purpose of this instruction and discipline is for us to be able to get a grip on this thing and for us to become better than what we were before. Amen? So, a lot of times people live their life uh, thinking that they're just worthless. Uh, Paul understood that he wanted to do the right things for God. He, he wanted to. It was inside of him. It's inside of us also. He, he, he understood that. But he also discovered that there was a law of the flesh that he had to deal with. Uh, that was trying to work within him at the same time to get him to walk away from God. Sometimes in this battle and not understanding what you're dealing with in the flesh and in the spirit, uh, we get to a place where we get so frustrated that we just quit and give up. Some people quit and give up. Some people backslide, walk away from God uh, because they don't think they can do it. They don't think that they uh, are worthy enough. But let me tell you something. God looks at you as that you can make it. You can do this. That's the reason why he gave us his word, the Bible, so that we can read it and understand it and, and understand what we're dealing with here so that we won't give up, so that we will keep going. So there's some powerful things that we need to understand. I'm going to go to Romans chapter 7, verse 10. And um, uh, we're going to go down through these scriptures and just kind of look at them and try to figure out what we're dealing with. And Paul was explaining it here today. So Romans chapter 7 verse 10 says, And the commandment which was ordained to life I found to be unto death. Let me read that again. And the commandment which was ordained to life I found to be unto death. There's a lot of things in these scriptures that Paul was trying to, that, that was being revealed to him uh, that sometimes it's hard to get a grasp on. But when you look at this scripture and the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death, uh, it, 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 a lot of it's talking about the sin and we're going to get to some more points here to bring it more into a full understanding here, but sin 
uh, is very deceptive. Sin does this by deception. Sin deceives us. Sin. It deceives us because sin falsely promises satisfaction, fun for a season. It also deceives us that, uh, because it falsely claims an adequate excuse, that you've got an excuse for sin. It also tries to get us to feel like that uh, it falsely promises an escape from punishment, that God is just going to accept your sin because you've battled it, you've fought against it, you can't overcome it. God's just going to deal with it. He's going to accept it. No. Sin is uh, something that's going to destroy you spiritually. Sin will take you to an eternal judgment that little word, S-I-N, which means uh, us not obeying the word of God, not walking in his word, and uh, sin can destroy us. It can kill us. The wages of sin is death, the Bible says. In Romans chapter 7, uh, verse 11, it says, For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. Sin definitely deceives us. It, it isn't the law that deceives us, but it is sin that uses the law as an occasion for rebellion. You know, you can take the Bible and you can twist it around into anything you want to make it, but the Bible says it's not to just uh, an individual's interpretation. It's God's interpretation of the word, but from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, it all ties together. But you could take one scripture and twist it and turn it, which is what a lot of people are doing in our world today, not just with the Bible, but just common sense. They're twisting words and making people believe that it is the truth. That's what sin does. It, it takes things... Uh, to the point where you know it's wrong, you know it's not the right thing for you to do, but when sin gets finished, it begins to twist around and, and, and that little voices of the flesh try to make you think that it's okay to continue to do that. And it leads you down a pathway of destruction. But sin, it deceives us. It's not the law that deceives us. It's sin. It takes an occasion of rebellion. Uh, this is why Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 8, verse 32, uh, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free or set you free. Tonight, we're, we're trying to look at what we're battling, what we're dealing with in life, and when you find the truth, the laws of God are going to reveal the truth to us. That's the beautiful thing about the Word of God, the Bible. That's the beautiful thing about teaching. That's the beautiful thing about preaching the Word of God. Because it unveils to us the truth of what sin really is. But you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free or make you free. The truth makes us free from the deception of sin. We can be going along and think and get to the point where the flesh convinces us that that sin is okay. God's going to accept it. But when we hear the word of God 
and it says it's not okay, then all of a sudden there is a light that comes on that reveals to us that that sin is not okay. The word of God is the final word. It settles all arguments about sin. Amen? It goes on and says, and by it, it, it killed me. Talking about sin. Sin, when followed, leads to death, not life. One of Satan's greatest deceptions is to get us to think of sin as something good. Our world is so mixed up in sin right now, they think that sin is good. <laughs> well, it, it goes to the, the scriptural thought that uh, what's, it's, we're going to get to a point which we're there, what's good is going to be bad, and what's bad is going to be good. It's twisted all around. You can see our world is messed up in their thinking. They think sin is okay. Sin brings destruction. That's the reason why we got to continue as a church, stand on the word of God, stand on truth. Not just, just any kind of doctrine, but the truth of the doctrine, what the Bible says. I don't want it any other way. I want what the Bible says. Because I want it to reveal to me uh, you know, what sin is. But that's one of Satan's greatest deceptions is to get us to think of sin as something good. Then an unpleasant God wants to deprive you of some fun and enjoyment. Sin. Satan wants you to think that. He wants you to think that God, because, because of holiness, he's trying to deprive you of some great and fun things. No, he's God's preserving you from a lot of heartache and a lot of pain. He, the devil wants you to think that, that living for God, coming to church, that, that's the reason why a lot of times people will say, you know, well, why do you have to go to church all the time? Why do you have to pray all the time? Uh, you know, why do you do this in church? Why do you do that in church? They don't understand it because uh, there's a deception of sin. There's a deception that they think they're having a great time in sin. Um, the world can really mess you up. Sin can mess your life up. And then, of course, later in life you learn that, hey, I need to change my life. But that's where the Word of God comes in, and that's where we come to the Lord and understand that sin can deceive me to the point where it makes me think that I'm doing good when I'm really destroying my life. You see, when God warns us away from sin, he warns us away from something that will kill us. He's not depriving us of anything. When we come to the Lord and we receive the power of repentance, uh, dying to our old sins and wash those sins away in a watery grave in the name of Jesus Christ and we take on the power of the Spirit of God with the evidence of speaking in tongues and feel that glory and that presence of the Lord, we don't lose anything. 
and walking with God every day and coming to the house of the Lord and committing ourselves to the Lord, we don't lose anything. We gain so much more. I have gained, you have gained so much more than what we have lost by leaving the world. Amen? Sin is deceptive. And that's what Paul was saying. There is something that is working within me and it is sin. It is a law of sin that's trying to deceive me. And, it's, and, and when, I, when, I, when I try to walk in this, it's trying to lead me to a point of death. Verse 12 says, Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy and just and good. Was then that, in verse 13, was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. What does that mean? Paul was understanding that sin is working within me and it's trying to deceive me, but there's laws that are provoking my sinful nature. It's in there. But it's not the nature that God puts in us that is trying to follow after sin. It's the sin of the carnality and the flesh of our lives. Though the law provokes our sin nature, this can be used for good because it more dramatically exposes our deep sinfulness. When we hear the word of God, when we hear the laws of God, you know what that does? It exposes the sin. And when we put the word of God in comparison up against sin, you can see drastic contrast there. And that's the reason why Paul was saying in verse 13 that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. Where we look at sin without the word of God and we think that it's not so bad. But when we begin to compare sin with the word of God, then we can see the light that sin is exceeding sinful. It's bigger than what we thought it was because the word of the Lord exposes it. It becomes greater and, and, and bigger than what we thought it was. It's always trying to deceive us that it's not so bad. But that's the reason why we need the word of God in our lives. We need the teaching of the word. We need the, the, the preaching of the word. But we also need our own personal reading of the word. We need it. We need sin to appear as sin. Because it always wants to hide in us and conceal its true depths and strength. It wants to, 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 to deceive us. This is one of the most deplorable results of sin. It injures us most by taking from us the capacity to know how much we are affected by it. It deceives us. But the word of God brings out the deceptions and it brings out the, the, the destruction of sin, even saying that the wages of sin is death and it begins to expose it and then we see how exceeding sinful it really is and how bad it is. The law shines a light on our sin and shows how bad it is and that we need to 
deal with it. It's like look, as the scripture says, like looking into a mirror and seeing ourselves as we are. That's the word of God. When you look into this book or you hear the preaching of the word, the teaching of the word, what you're doing is you're looking into a mirror and you're seeing yourself as you are. I know I joke about this at times, but you know, I get up in the morning, I look in the mirror, I don't like what I see at times because his hair is all out of place until I take the brush and I start combing it and get it back in place. And then I, and then I go out on a rooftop unit somewhere and the wind blows it and it's just right back worse than what it was before. And my boss has a fun time when I walk in the shop and he starts laughing at me. I said, what are you laughing about? And he said, you, you need to look into the mirror. Your hair is going all over the place. That's the reason sometimes I wear a hat, to keep it controlled. But when you look into the Word of God, you're looking into a mirror and you're seeing things that should not be there, but you're also, let's not get on just the negative things, but we're also seeing things that are there that should be there. There are blessings to our life. We need the Word of God. We need to study the Word. We need to read the Word. We need to hear the Word. Because the Word of God shines a light upon our, our, our lives. And if there is sin in there, it will expose it. It will expose it. Sin becomes more sinful in the light of the, of the laws of God. And it does that in two ways. First, uh, it becomes uh, more sinful... Because first, sin becomes exceeding sinful in contrast to the law. I just mentioned that. But secondly, sin becomes exceeding sinful because the law provokes its evil nature. Provokes its evil nature. The Word of God a lot of times stirs up that sinful nature. That's the reason why sometimes people have a hard time hearing the preaching Word of God because it stirs something up with inside of them that there's something wrong in their life. Really what it's doing, it's not trying to hurt people, it's bringing conviction to their heart and to their soul so that they will make a choice and make a change. There are laws that are working within our lives that we've got to understand and get control of. We need the Word of God. We need the presence of the Lord. Verse 14, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. When you place spiritual next to carnal, you can see clearly the contrast of both. He said, but I am carnal. The, the word carnal, there's a lot of other meanings behind it, but it simply means of the flesh, of the flesh. The flesh wants to control you to do wrong, to walk away from God. The flesh doesn't want to come to church. The flesh doesn't want to pray. The flesh doesn't want to read the Word of God. The flesh doesn't want to, to uh, live uh, properly for the Lord. The flesh wants to drag you away from God, the carnal, the fleshly things. But if you can get control of those things, you can live a a blessed life living for God. If you wonder how some people are able to live so many years for God, it's because they have come to this point of understanding that Paul understood, and that is there is a law that is trying to work inside of my life, and it's trying to bring me away from God, but we've got to get control of it. 
that is another good reason for uh, fasting. I know Sister Burke had talked about that. And, uh, you know, who likes to fast? You know, why you don't like to fast? Because it's against the flesh. The flesh doesn't like to fast. It doesn't like to fast at all. But fasting and prayer is such a powerful thing for your life. Your life personally and also uh, collectively as a church body. When we fast, we're putting the flesh, we're taking control of the flesh. We're putting in this in subjection. It, I would highly recommend for you to find a day every week and just take, even if it's just one day a week, to fast uh, some meals. And once you get into that habit of that, uh, you will find that, no, it doesn't mean it, it gets easier, but yet you will find that it will become a part of your life. <laughs> It'll become a part of your life. It will help you to overcome sin. It will help you to be more sensitive to the Spirit of the Lord. It will help you in, in being sensitive to the Lord. When you read the Word or you hear the preaching of the Word, things will begin to come to you and God will reveal some things to you. But it will give you strength to be able to overcome the flesh. And when you pray, fasting and pray, some things only come by prayer and fasting. And when you fast and pray, you, you get strength spiritually and when you pray you could break through some barriers where the flesh holds you back Paul understood this he said but I'm carnal I'm fleshly in this context it speaks of the person who can and should do differently but does not that was what Paul was talking about the things that I wanted to do I didn't do the things I didn't want to do I did Paul dealt with that too. Paul sees the carnality in himself and knows that the law, though it is spiritual, has no answer for his carnal flesh. It's something that he's got to get control of. The word helps us to understand it. But really, when it comes down to it, is we have to make decisions, choices. We have to give effort to overcome the flesh and that carnal desires to overcome sin. He even said he was sold under sin. Paul is in bondage under sin and the law can't help him out. And when he explained it, it's like this. when, Like Paul, he is like a man arrested for a crime and he's thrown in jail. The law will only help him if he's innocent. But it will help him to understand his wrong. But Paul knows that he's guilty and that the law argues against him, not for him. The law tells us what's right and what's wrong. The laws of God tells us what we need to do and what we don't need to do. It reveals to us like a mirror and exposes sin that so many times deceives us. But that's the reason why we need the Word of God, so that it will open up to us an understanding of what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. Paul understood this, but he realized that the law 
is, you know, it's just going to reveal to me that I'm guilty and that I've got to do something about it. Even though Paul says that he is carnal, he, he doesn't mean that he's not a Christian. It just means he's aware of his carnality. He's human. The battles that people fight. If you can understand that, you won't give up. If you can understand that, you won't quit living for God. If you understand that, you won't stop coming to church. If you understand that, you will continue on with God. And God will help you to grow in Him. That's the whole goal. God wants us to grow in His Word. He wants us to grow. Not just grow, but He wants us to be fruitful also. Fruitful. We can be fruitful in many ways. We can teach other people the Word of the Lord, things God's revealed to us through His Word. We can be fruitful in winning souls. We can be fruitful in praying for the sick and they shall recover. We can be fruitful in so many different ways. There, there's a lot of different ways we can show forth fruit. Of course, the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit. We can give forth the fruit in our, in our walk with the Lord. And I've mentioned this before. I know that we, we talk about uh, uh, tongues as the evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost, and I do believe that. I totally believe that. I believe that the tongue is one of the most uh, 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 worst tools against us. It's hard to control the tongue, but when, when the Lord fills us with the Holy Ghost, then the tongue begins to speak in another language, and there is control in the tongue. But I also believe that the fruit of the Spirit is also an a, a, a image or a, a view, a reflection that we have received the Holy Ghost. If people say they've received the Holy Ghost and don't show forth the fruit of love, joy, peace, and long-suffering, and goodness, meekness. I tend to question, did they really receive the Holy Ghost? Because you're going to bear fruit also in your life. But there's still a, even when you receive the Holy Ghost, there's still a law that is trying to work within you to battle against the Spirit, to deceive you, to get you to a point where you think sin is okay. Thank God for the laws of God that reveal the truth to us. Amen. Matter of fact, Paul, you know, he, he realized his carnality. He was aware that he was carnal. which really that shows that God did a work in him through the law of God to, to reveal that to him. We have to understand that. He said, but I'm carnal, sold under sin. That is the proof of a spiritual and wise man that Paul was. He realized he is carnal and sold under sin, but yet grace but yet grace is there. He knows that he's carnal and he is so displeased with himself. That's one thing that we really need to feel if, we, if we're doing the wrong things. We need to feel conviction over that. We definitely don't need to be deceived. Conviction is remorse Remorse is a good thing when we've done wrong. 
but not to beat you down to the point where you can't even live happy and feel free in God. You just got to go to a place and find a place in God and repent. Turn it over to the Lord. It doesn't mean that you just repent, go back and sin again, repent. I know there are religions and doctrines in our world that say, well, that's, that's okay. No, we need to overcome some things. The Bible says we are more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors. We've got to get a grip on these things and understand that, that the, the nature, the sinful nature of our lives is trying to get us to go the wrong direction. That does not mean that when we fall flat on our face that we need to lay there, we need to get up, we need to walk toward God, we need to go to an altar of prayer. He said he's, uh, if we ask him to forgive us, he's faithful and just to forgive us. He will forgive us. But we gotta, we've got to get a grip on this, this nature of carnality. And Paul was trying to understand that. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm carnal. But yet he was a child of God. But we could get to a point where we beat ourselves down so much that we can't even live happy for God. That's not God's intent. He wants us to learn. He wants us to grow. He wants us to understand. And he wants us to be fruitful. Fruitful. In verse 15 um, and through 19, Paul describes his sense of helplessness in this. Paul? Helpless? Yeah. He was was feeling he was helpless in this. But at the very end of the chapter, he understands also where his help comes from. Verse 15 says, For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would... That do I not. But what I hate, that do I. Do you understand that? (laughs) Have you ever been there? (laughs) Let me read it again. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. Sounds like humans. Paul's problem isn't a lack of desire. He did want to do right. Our, our situation is not a, uh, not a problem with a lack of desire to do right. We want to do right. But the scripture going on, what, what, I, will, what I will to do, that do I not practice in another translation. His problem isn't knowledge. He knows what the right thing is. His problem is a lack of power to overcome it, to make the right decisions. But Paul was able to do it because he started understanding what the battle was that was going on with inside of him. And that's where we need to be. We need to come to that place where we understand that uh, we know we have the knowledge of what's right and what's wrong. We know the word of God. We've heard enough preaching. We've heard enough teaching. Not that we don't need to come to the house of the Lord anymore, but we've heard enough teaching and preaching through the years that we could we could quote scripture. We can we know what's right. We know what's wrong, and we need more of the scripture to to reveal to us the right and wrong. We need more of it. But uh, Paul knew 
what the right thing was, but the problem is a lot of times the power to make the right decisions. Making the right decisions. I'm going to bring this to a close, but he said, um, he said at the very end, um, but what I hate, that, that do I. He was trying to find out how to overcome this, but it was a power to make the right decisions. The Word of God speaks to us, shows us what's right, shows us what's wrong, but we've got to make the right decision from that point on. The Word of God, you could hear the Word of God preached and taught for years and years and years. The only time it's going to do you good is if you take the Word that you hear and act upon it and obey it and live by it. That's where the word is effective in our lives. It's going to reveal to us who we are, what we're dealing with, where we're at in life, but we've got to come to a point where I've got to take the word of the Lord and I've got to obey it. And when I obey it, it's going to give me strength to overcome. The law says, here are the rules and you had better keep them, but it gives us no power for keeping the law. That power has got to come within us through the power of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost and making the right decision and commitment and vows to God. I want to walk the right way. Amen. I'm going to stop there. We'll cover some more of this at a later time, but, but if we could get a grip on what Paul was understanding here, sometimes what he's saying is, it's a little bit hard to grasp, you know, as you go through this. But, but I think we can understand it when he says, you know, the things that I want to do, I don't do. Things I don't want to do, I do. Hmm. We, can, we can understand that. But I think that Paul was in the same boat we were in, but when he finally came to an understanding of what was battling on the inside of him and he was able to deal with it at that point, his life began to change. Fruit began to come forth. Where are we at? We might be at all different levels of living for God. And that's okay. As long as we keep growing in the word and keep allowing God to lead us. And for us to continue, one of the most important things is to obey the word of God. Be obedient to the word of God. Amen? Let's stand tonight. Thank you for coming and listening to the word. As we talk about life's uh, issues and how to live a better life, really, we could do a lot of things to make our life better uh, as far as what the world would think success is of life, but yet when we take the word of God and start applying it to our lives, then our life comes forth in peace, in joy, and happiness. The joy of the Lord is our strength. It's not in the ways of the world. It's in the power of God's word. He gives us a clear understanding.